That's what this 50 minute video has been about, right. is getting to those, but there's so much backstory that I have to like give you the backstory to understand how much of a dick Feanor is. All right, so here's my thing that I've been holding on to all week. Now, so we're gonna talk about the elves leaving Valinor. Okay. So the elves became in existence. They were awoken, awakened. They awoke. And in their awakening, the Valar, they found out that the elves were awake, right? And they went over there and they were like, hey guys, uh, if you want to come and live with us, it's safer and there's light over in Valinor and there were only stars in Middle-earth. Mm -hmm. And so most of the elves went that way. Not all of them, but most of the elves went over there, right? Okay, so before that, though, they had done the whole like chaining of Melkor because they were afraid that the elves were going to come into a world that Melkor was in charge of and all of that jazz. And they were like, well, we can't let that happen because these poor elves are just going to get fucked up anyway, um, which they did. So the elves hadn't come into being yet and Mel Melkor was already in Middle Earth being an asshole. Okay. Um, what they didn't know is that Melkor actually was the first one to know that the elves were awakened because that's how he created the orcs. He would find the elves and torture them and all of that fun jazz. Um, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so Melkor was chilling on Earth, Middle Earth. Middle Earth. Middle Earth, whatever. And he already had this plan that when the elves woke up, he was just going to snatch them up. Yeah. Life. Like the granny and Gretzel, Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, he was like the boogeyman. Oh my god. <clears throat> I think the elves had like stories about him. They did. That's what, So when Orome, he was one of the gods, he was like the first of the Valinor that lived in, or the, the Valar that lived in Valinor. He was the first one to see them. When he came by, like, they thought that he was like the boogeyman. They had no name for him, but they were afraid of Orome at first. And he was like, who has done this to you? And they were like, let me tell you stories of the boogeyman. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and like, they never really, like, found out, but they, they realized that, So like, once the other Valor, like, discovered them, like, also, who wasn't in charge of making, like, you just, it's, you made something, and you need to know when it wakes up, but nobody's watching him? Well, they didn't make him. Ilavatar did who is like the one god above all. And he didn't say, could you guys keep an eye on my elves? No, cause he didn't, he didn't give them all things, right? He told them that elves and men were going to exist, but he didn't tell them when. But again, he wasn't like, could you guys keep an eye on my things? He's basically the guy that just left his computer and went to the bathroom and never came back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever. So this guy has been boogeymanning the elves and then the other people find him and they're like, oh shit, you guys are like definitely traumatized. Yeah, so they were like, hey, come on over here. There's light. We've got cool trees. So they brought him over not because they already intended to do it, but because they were afraid of the boogeyman? Yeah, the Valar brought them over. Um, simply because they wanted to keep them safe. 
they knew that Melkor had already done some bad things in Middle Earth, and he had created like Belrogs and all of these things, right? Okay. So he was like, they were basically just like, let's bring them over here, and like try to give them a good life. Is Ilavatar the like highest of the high? Yeah. So you've got Ilavatar, Eu Ilavatar. That's his full name. Sure. Um, and then like all the others below him. Now, out of all of those others, there's Manwe, who is like... Jesus. They call him like the king of of Arda, which is the earth. Sure. Uh, but then like in reality, just like in the whole, you know, Jesus, Satan story, in reality, Melkor um, had more power. Um, even though Manwe was seen as, like, the higher, mostly because of, like, his persona, right? Melkor, in reality, had more power. So it's the same idea of, like, like, Lucifer actually being, like, not the chosen one, but he was, like, he inherently had more power. Right. Then Jesus that actually did. makes sense. But then Jesus was like Jesus wasn't able to, well, I mean But then Jesus was like, I'm going to I'm going to show my benevolence and that basically raises him above him, right? So Melkor was like in reality more powerful than um Manwe. Manwe, but not all of them together, right? There's like thirteen other guys that can fuck up Melkor. Okay. Um and so they bring the elves over. This is all just backstory to where I'm trying to get to of like, so they bring the elves over, right? And um, one of my favorite things is there's a meme that has like different names of what the Silmarillion should be. And one of them is elves behaving badly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and like, like it starts here. So you've got, um, they bring them over and you're thinking like, they're in fucking paradise, like it's great, it's a beautiful place, all this fun jazz, right? But um, you already have like factions. Like before they even brought them over, they had three heads um, that went with them. Like three heads of families, basically. Oh, um, you're saying the elves already had it. Yeah, the elves already had like these factions built. Um, and so one of the heads of the families actually didn't end up going because he was the one that stayed behind, uh, married the Maiar, and gave birth to Luthien with the whole Baron and Luthien story. Okay. But his brother went instead with the rest of um, the family. So you've got them. Isn't that the same thing with Aeolian? Isn't it, what's his name? Mario? Or not Mario, but have sex with a, what's it called? Maiar? Yeah, am I crazy? Who? The... Elrond? Yeah! No. No, Elrond is... Um, Elrond is from the line of Baron and Luthien, though. Okay, never mind. Continue. Um, <clears throat> doing bad things. Yeah. Elves, Elves behaving, behaving badly. badly. So... Welcome back to another episode of Elves Behaving Badly. badly. <laughs> I'm your host, Eowyn. Um, so but they... Can you imagine her actually doing Doing that, that with her soft 
<laughs> and then it has a new connotation. But I officially digress. Um, so they all make it over there, but like the Teleri are the ones that are, um, they're a little bit slower to get there, basically. Um, and you've got um, another faction who Fanor is a part of. And Fanor is said to be like the mightiest of all of the children of Ilavatar. Because we, we don't count like the Maiar and the um, and the Valar as children of Ilavatar. They just already existed ethereally. So and only the things that were put on this earth, right? So Fanor was seen as like the mightiest of the children of Ilavatar. Basically they said that like his spirit burned brightest type of a thing. He was an asshole. A gigantic <laughs> asshole. Burning brightest will do that to you. So Lights a fire in your ass. He it he was the only son um until his father remarried. And then his father remarried and had two more sons. Um and he hated them. Like just full on hated them. So he goes through I'm skipping a whole lot because I'm trying to get to this thing. But like, he learns a lot from um, Aule, the smith. He was the one that created the dwarfs. Yeah. Um, and he like, he learns how to build things and he learns how to like, create jewels and different things that he can do with jewels and he makes the fucking Silmarillions. Okay, I was gonna ask if he was the one who made those. Yeah, so he's able to take the light from the trees the Valar don't even know how he was able to do this. And he specifically says himself that if he were to try again, he wouldn't be able to. Mm -hmm. Like, this was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. He would never be able to do it again. But he was able to take the light from the trees and put him into these gems. Um, and, like, again, he was super arrogant about it. Like, he would wear them about, like, showing, like, showing it off and stuff like that. He was just very arrogant about what he did. Mm -hmm. Um, when in reality, like, it's really funny, because, uh, one of the Valar, uh, Tulkas kind of puts him in his place at one point, where he's like, you wouldn't have been able to do this had this light not existed from Yavanna already. Mm -hmm. Like, you take a lot of credit in this, but you shouldn't. Like, this light this was light that you stole technically you didn't make it mm -hmm. um anyway so by your rings bro yeah <laughs> so he um so there's all that he makes all these things then with like unbeknownst to um the valar he actually makes weapons like, nobody needed weapons at this time. Like, the Valar were the only ones who had weapons because Melkor, right? <clears throat> and so he starts to make weapons. Oh, I skipped something. It's kind of important. Okay. <laughs> so I mentioned the chaining of Melkor. Yes. So that happened, and they brought Melkor back to uh, Valinor. And he was imprisoned in the Halls of Mandos. Which is... Wait, let me get this straight. So, they were like, this guy's terrorizing you on your land, so come over to our land where we've chained him up. Yes. Does that not seem like a bad idea to it's anybody? definitely a bad idea. Happens more than once in Tolkien Legendarium, by the way. I mean, I assume he does it on purpose, but also, like, what well, can make your character stupid? Yeah. Well, see, the problem is, is, like, 
Manway, and he explains it a little bit. Because Manway cannot understand evil. What does that mean? It means that he is so much of, like, good and never experienced bad, even in, like, the singing of the earth. Like, he never followed Melkor's song. He can't understand it. So, like, some of the other gods are like, dude, this kind of a bad idea. But Manwe's like, nah, we're cool. Like, we got him chained up. And then after the three, the three ages that they chain him up, um, he's like, look, he's repentant. We're good. We'll let him uh, chill here with us. He can't go back to Middle Earth, but he can chill here with us. So Manway is a naive idiot. Yeah, he's very naive. And like, like Tulkas, who his whole point of coming to Middle-earth was to beat the shit out of Melkor. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. That's the only reason why he came down. Um, and he was like the only one powerful enough to do it. Um, he's like, this is a really bad idea. And I'm not saving you again, guys. And Manway's like, no, look. He says he's sorry. So he must be sorry. Like that's like he's got the brain of a child where it's like a naive innocent idiot. Yeah, like he's in incredibly smart when it comes to so many other things, right? But he's super naive and he's like he says he's sorry. So obviously he's sorry. Because I don't understand lies because I don't understand bad and I don't understand evil. So of course he's sorry. Okay. Yeah. I have so many problems with this, but okay. <laughs> so, Melkor's there now, right? And he's there where the elves are. And, like, the elves all Hold have... On, the elves are still there? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, why didn't they leave? Fanor has never trusted him. He learned a lot from him, though. Because Melkor and Aule are very similar in their, like, smithcraft. Um, and so... Fanor was actually able to learn a lot, and the problem with that is that even though Fanor never trusted Melkor, he worked with him to his own benefit, but Melkor was constantly, you know, that type, right? Where he's constantly, like, feeding these little tiny things into Fanor's brain, knowing that he's, like, super arrogant and all of this stuff. He's, like, you know, basically saying things like, well, the Valar want to take your power. They're holding you hostage here. I do recall you saying that. Like, all of this stuff, right? All of it false, right? They could have left whenever they wanted. Um, but, like, he's just kind of putting that in there. That's a delightful It's coffee really today. good coffee, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Just like wood from a... Just like bark from the wooden tree and... You're you gonna try? You're gonna try? <laughs> Hobbiton. Because <laughs> I can't remember any of the other ones. Um, it tastes like a drop of spring water from under the mountain. <laughs> it's um, black gold. So the, uh, so that happens. And Feanor's got these little seeds of, like, the Valar are trying to keep me here and they don't appreciate me, right? When in reality, again, it comes down to the fact that a, the Valar don't care about you. Like, they just want you to be safe. Like, yeah. they don't care about anything else. And B, in reality, again, like, your pride and joy is something that you kind of stole and just made your own. Mm -hmm. um, so, 
he shows up. So, like I said, he's always like got fancy raiment, right? So he's wearing the Silmarillion, the Silmarils a lot. But then he starts. Uh, people notice that he's starting like to wear armor and things like that. And then at one point, he's actually wearing um, a sword. And wait, wait, the arrogant guy? Yeah, Fanor. Okay. And he shows up um, because. Uh, there's like Fanor is getting more and more on this train of like we need to like we shouldn't be here anymore we should go back to Middle Earth because of those seeds that Melkor planted right mm -hmm. he's like we should go back to Middle Earth we don't need to be here like essentially he was kind of bored too like think of it's funny because like I feel like in the Silmarillion he does a good job of making you think that like especially for people who have seen other things, paradise can probably be kind of boring. To have lived a life and then go somewhere that's perfect? Yeah. Also, doesn't that seem counterintuitive to Frodo, though? No, because it's like, it's the, un it's, it's peaceful there. Okay, but you basically just said that for people that have seen things, going to paradise is Boring. Right, Frodo but not. Frodo left because he was bored. But not no. Frodo didn't leave because he was bored. PTSD, whatever. Yeah, like Frodo saw too much. Like going there would be like like when people say they need to go to Fiji. Like that's like the Undying Lands. Do people still say that? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> so so it's peaceful there. So you feel peace there. Yeah. It gets rid of your PTSD. But if you're the brightest fire spirit burning type of thing like Feanor, he's gonna get bored. Okay. Um, so basically he's saying like, we shouldn't even be here anymore guys. Like he's trying to get like a faction of his people mm -hmm. to leave. Um, and his half brother goes and he goes to his dad and he's like, dad, like you gotta do something about this. And the the biggest problem there is like the way that he describes it is like there was never a love between father and son that was so great as between these two like in both ways as Feanor and his father and then the other way right okay so this other half brother's got no chops yeah like his his dad doesn't dislike him by any means it's not like uh, Denethor and he's just like you're not my first born. yeah it's not like Denethor and Faramir where Denethor is like be gone <laughs> <laughs> go die yeah um but, like, you know, he's, yeah, he's not Fanor. Okay, sure. Um, and so he gets there first. There's supposed to be, like, a council. And the brother, the half-brother gets there first. I'd use all the names, but all the names sound so similar, and I know that's something that you hate, so I'm just giving descriptions of who it is. That's fine. Because you'd be like, I don't know what that is. So half-brother shows up to talk to the Dad. The only thing that would make it more clear is if you said half-brother A and half-brother B, <laughs> Brother C. Brothers. Firstborn C. Or so, firstborn son. So, half-brother shows up, talks to dad. He's like, this is a bad idea. You really got to talk Feanor down. Sure. Like, you're the only one that can talk him down. And as he's saying this, Feanor comes in, right? And Melkor has been kind of whispering in his ears, like, hey, your half-brother's trying to take your throne. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So he comes in and he's just like, oh, so he was right. Like, you are trying to, like, dismiss me. And his half-brother's like, dude, I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about.
talking about? And he just goes to leave. Like, basically, he's like, I'm not even going to acknowledge what you're saying. I'm out. And as he goes to leave, Feanor draws a sword. Which is like... Yes! Yeah, like, that's a bad, bad thing. Like, nobody has ever done anything like that there. Like, that's... that's he's Kane. Yeah, I mean, kind of. So he draws a sword. And because he draws his sword, he actually ends up getting banished. Um, so he gets banished, he goes away, and he's basically like, Yeah, I don't care, guys. Like, I'm out. I'm going to go build my own stuff and do my own thing in my city. But he's still on Valinor. So he's still not able to, like, he's still not, he's not banished to um, Middle Earth. He's just ban banished outside of the city. Like, out of the city of the gods type of thing. Okay. Um, so he goes, and he does his own thing, forms his own thing. A um, few ages pass, and... Did anybody follow him, or is he just out Yeah, there? no, a ton. Uh, and his father left with him. So, it was basically... Wait, wait, wait. Did the Maya banish him? The, 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 Val the Valar. Whatever. The Valar banished him, and... They, they banished him, not his daddy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Valar banished him. I feel like, that's confusing. Yeah, the Valar <laughs> banished him, and his dad's just like, well, I love my son, so I'm out, which was a self-fulfilling prophecy, because at that point, then, half-brother became king. Mm -hmm. Right? Because dad left, and Feanor Somebody's left. Somebody's gotta take over. So half-brother became king for the people who stayed there. Mm -hmm. Now, as he's, like, gone, but he's building up arms. Also, why do elves judge men so harshly? I'm like, y'all were basically men at some point. Right? So there's there's another meme out there that it's, um, it's, uh, uh, what's his name? Elrond? Uh-huh. And he says, it's the one where he's like, I was there, Gandalf, 3,000 years ago when the strength of men, like, failed or whatever. And Gandalf goes, yeah, I was there at the beginning of the thing when the strength of elves were really bad. <laughs> like, you... You want to throw stones here, dude? Let's talk about what happened in your lineage. Like, elves are just in their 60s and they forgot that they also did things <laughs> when they were kids. They're boomers. All the elves are boomers. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> um, so, he's banished. Sure. He's building up arms. He's building up arms. He's doing his thing. Uh, he basically has, like, taken the Silmarils and, like, hidden them away. Because he's, like, in his mind, he is, like, he's hiding them because they don't deserve to see the Silmarils type of thing. And again, the, like, the Valar and stuff. And again, the Valar are, like, big deal. Like, whatever. Do the Valar care? Uh, I mean, they do at some point, but not yet. What an ego this guy has. Yeah, right? It's, so, it's a self-sustaining ego. Those are the worst kind. So then, um, ages go by. And Feanor was gone yeah. for a while, like, exiled. So, he's gone. Who's gone? Uh, Feanor. He's, he's doing his thing in the... Yeah, three ages have passed. Yeah, and when this happens, Melkor bounces also. Now, he doesn't go back to Middle-earth because it's really difficult for him to get there. But he, he's like, I'm out. Because the Valar kind of assume... Melkor kind of planted these lies and like taught him how to um, like make weapons and stuff like that. Okay. So Melkor also bounces. Um, then uh, they 
have a party because there's a festival at this like the specific time of year with like even though there aren't seasons there are certain times of year that um fruit and vegetables and stuff are plentiful type okay. of a thing so they're having a basically a harvest festival and everybody goes and everybody is invited but Fanor is the only one that is mandated to come. Why? Because Manwe wants an apology, essentially. <laughs> so... He's so stupid! Yeah. So Fanor comes and, um, and he's basically like, Manwe's like, uh, so you're here and, um, you did this grievous thing against these people, like, is there anybody that will accept him? And his half-brother's like, boom, I'm good. Like, I'm good. With, like, no hard feelings. Like, come on back. Like, I'd love to have you here, type of thing, right? I feel like he's the type of person that would be like, mm, I don't really need your acceptance. Yeah, that's basically, so he doesn't really say anything at all. Mm -hmm. And then um, half-brother says, uh, what does he say? half-brother in blood, full-brother in something else, I don't remember. Yeah, something like that. And um, and all Feanor says is, it is good. Like, basically, like, whatever. Like, cool. Wow, okay. Now I know how to say whatever in Elvish. Yeah. It is good. Um, so, he does that, and um, while they're there, though, his dad stays. Because his dad basically says, like, as long as... Because his banishment's not over. He just needed to come and apologize. Mm -hmm. So his dad is like, as long as my son Feanor is banished, I will not live there. Um, so his dad stays in the little city that they built, right? It's not a little city. It's actually a really awesome city. It's got, like, diamond dust on the ground and shit like that. Um, and so he stays. Feanor's here. All the while, nobody knows this, but Melkor's been down south talking with Ongoliant, the giant spider, mm -hmm. telling her, like, hey, so there's these jewels, there's this light from trees, I know that you're gluttonous and you just want light, and you just want to suck that light in, uh, you want to help me out? And so during the festival where everyone is in one spot, they go there, stab the trees, she sucks out all of the stuff, and while she's sucking out all of the light, she's also putting in, like, her venom, right? So she's killing the trees. Mm -hmm. Trees are gonna die. And then, like, that happens, and then she gets huge because of this, and she makes what's called an unlight, which makes it so that even the gods can't see, like, around them. Mm -hmm. So they don't know, they know, they're sure that it's Melkor, but they don't, like, they can't see him or the other thing. Okay, question. Yeah. So this shit goes down. That one guy that captured Melkor is like, told you so. Tolkas. Tolkas is like, told you so. And Melkor is like, but he said he was sorry. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Manwe. Manwe, whatever. Yeah, basically. So then Tolkas and Orome are like, we gotta go get this guy. But every time they go, they run into Ongolian's Unlight and they get lost. Like, they can't, like, it's not just darkness, it's like complete darkness, right? And like confusion. Uh, they actually don't know where she came from. They think, or in the story, it says that she was either a being that existed in space and came down to Arda on her own, essentially, okay. or 
it's also thought that she was a Maya at the very beginning, mm -hmm. and um, Melkor turned her, and then like she got sick of him and bounced and went to the south. Okay. So just like the Belrogs and stuff like that, like Melkor turned them into mm -hmm. like what they are. Right. Like they think it was the same thing with Ungoliant. Interesting though that she's the only one that didn't turn into a Belrog. She's not. There there were other things that, that they were turned into. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, they do that. They take it. They go. Um, and as they go, they, they don't realize where they are until they're over in this place called the Helcorax, which is basically the Bering Strait for, <clears throat> for Middle-earth. It connects um, where, like, Valinor is over to Middle-earth, but it's, like, relatively impassable. Um, and, but that's, but they're able to go that way. Um, so they go that way, um, and they're, like, all the elves and the Valar and everything are still in Valinor, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, and Yavanna basically says, like, to Feanor, because he's still there, like, hey, um, I can never make these trees again, but if I have some of the light of the trees, I can maybe bring them back. Mm -hmm. Like I can't recreate them, but I might be able to bring them back. Um, and you have told me this story before. You're just getting much more detailed now. Yeah. So Feanor is in like, uh, I don't know. And that's when Tolkos brings up the whole, like, you didn't even make this light, dude. It's not yours, it's hers. Like, mm -hmm. give it back to her. And that was a mistake on Tolkos's part, because then Feanor goes all like, no, nah, I'm not giving it to you at all. And if you try to take me, then I know that you're the exact same being as Melkor. Like, if you're trying to take it from me by force, then you're just like Melkor. Which was like a... <gasps> type of moment, you know? You're like, how dare you call me that? Oh no, I would just cut his throat off and be like... <laughs> they can't kill him. Why? Because they can't. Like, they specifically can't. But then, um, but they say, so there's... I'd be like, I'm really sick of this child of shit. So, actually, this is one of my favorite parts. Um, and I feel like the guy who reads the Audible, he does so many things of it good, except for this part. I, like, anyway. the One of my favorite parts is he says... If I give you these and I break them in order to put the light back into the trees, it will break my spirit and I will die. He's like, and that will be the first death in Arda. And Mandos, who is basically Hades? Like, okay. He's like, He's like the god of the underworld. So he's he's super melancholy. He's not evil, though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But he says, and this will be the first death in Arda. And Mandos goes, not the first. And nobody knows what the hell he's talking about. Because mm -hmm. they're like, like, they basically just brush over it. And even the book brushes over it until later on. And so people are like, okay, we don't know what Mandos is saying. He's being weird again, but... You know, then he can. He's Orin. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, and he's just not like, not the first. But it's that's one of my favorite lines because Mandos is basically like, I know something you don't know, and I'm not gonna bring it up, and you're gonna find out soon. So messenger from little outpost where he. Have we hit this part that you're trying to get to? No, yet? I'm getting there. 
<laughs> I know. We're a half hour in. I'm getting there. It's a long journey. My the messenger from the place, um, the the one that he's banished to. So the city that he created with his father, messenger gets there. He's like, everything's gone, Silmarils included. Your dad's dead. So, that's what Mandos meant, right? He was not oh, the first he death. Was like, <laughs> yeah, he was basically like, uh, like even though he's been there the whole time, he's like, I got somebody in my halls mm -hmm. right now. He's like, my hotel is open for business. Yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, and and so guy comes and he's like, everything's gone, all the jewels, your dad's dead, even the Silmarils. So then they're like, this motherfucker. Like, said we couldn't have him, and he didn't even have him when he said we couldn't have him. He thought he did, but, like, he didn't even have him at that point. Mm -hmm. So, like, him being an asshole wasn't even warranted at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so then Feanor is, like, really pissed, and he's basically like, I'm done with this. Like, I'm done with you guys. I'm done with the, the Valar. You guys aren't doing anything. You're just sitting here being sad. Like, I'm done with this. I'm gone. Um, so this is where I'm getting. So he, he leaves, and a whole bunch of people go with him. He does this whole rousing speech. He speed. leaves from... So, so, so he leaves from, like, where they're all having the celebration, right? And he brings a ton of elves with him. And then once... Okay, but he already has a place on Middle-earth. And he's already been banished from that one place, so he's leaving both places now? No, no, no. So, yeah, so, what's ha so he's not in Middle-earth, right? He's in Valinor. Okay, so he's there at the festival still? So he just left the festival. He's outside of, like, that city, right? And he's doing, like, this call to his people. Basically <laughs> saying, like, we need to go to Middle-earth. We need to get away from this land. We need to go and, and rule our own peoples and be kings and queens of all of this and blah, 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 blah. And, but this he... This is the point where what's-her-name is like, yeah, I'll go with you. Galadriel. She's like, you're all idiots. Yeah. So this is where, this is where he swears an oath that he will not rest and neither will his sons or his family until the Silmarils are taken back from um, Melkor. Yeah, doesn't who, he die because of his oath? Who he now calls Morgoth. Um, yes, he does die because of his oath because he's dumb and he's an idiot. And yeah, uh, Galadriel does not take the oath, but she's right. like... This sounds like a great idea, though. Like, she's she's all about going to Middle-earth and finding her full potential, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, Half-Brother, again, we're talking self-fulfilled prophecy here, right? Yeah. Because Half-Brother was like, well, I told you that we were full brothers and that I would follow you anywhere, so guess I'm following you. Now, again, he didn't make, he didn't make the oath, but he followed. Okay. So they go, they get to where the Teleri are. Now the Teleri were shipbuilders. They had their own little city on like the edge of, the, of that world, okay. right, of Valinor. They were shipbuilders. They made the most beautiful, amazing ships and all this stuff. Feanor shows up. He's like, we're bouncing out. Come with us. Like, let's go back to Middle-earth. This is crazy. We shouldn't even be here. Like, they brought us here under false pretenses. He's basically spre spreading Melkor's lies at this point. Okay. Um, and he, um, 
they get there and there's there's a long train of elves that haven't gotten there yet they're being like slower to leave they are leaving but they're being slower to leave like galadriel's part of that uh fingolfin is part of that anyway there are a bunch of elves that aren't there mm-hmm. at the Tilleri yet the Tilleri are like yeah no we're good like i get your plight that's cool like i understand that you want to leave but we're good and um he's like okay well uh can we have some of your ships so we can get over there? Mm-hmm. And the Teleri are like, mm, nah. <laughs> and mostly because they were they were kind of afraid that, like, the Valar would see them as, like, helping. And well, so. What does it matter? They don't have to stay. And that's the thing is it doesn't matter, but like they were worried that it did, and so they were like, no, we're good. Like. We, we made these, and they're, they're ours, so, nah. And Fanor gets pissed. Because Fanor's not gonna like that. And does what is called, for all time... The first kill? The kinsling. So he murders a bunch of his own kin, the elves. The people in the back see this fight going on. And, like, one of my favorite uh, comparisons is somebody was like, just imagine that you walk outside of the bar and your buddy's already out there, right? He's been out there for five minutes and you've got like people just wailing on him and he's going nuts. You're not gonna ask who's at fault here. You're gonna jump in. And it was basically the same idea, right? These people, these other elves like Galadriel and Fingolfin, they see that there's this big fight and they're just like, okay. And they just get on in it. It wasn't until afterward that they found out what happened and like had all the guilt in the world because of it. So they were killing the this, this shipmakers. Mm-hmm. So they do that, right? This is, where, this is where I'm getting. This is where I'm at. So they do that and they get the ships <clears throat> and they start to sail away. And, or they're going to, right? But there's not enough room. On the ships. On the ships. They for, take all the ships? For, they take all of them. There's not enough room on the ships for all of the elves. So, Feanor's like, alright guys, this is what's gonna happen. We're gonna go, we're gonna send them back. Mm. Get you, go. Right? That's what we're gonna do. So they get on, they go over. His son is like, alright, so who's going back? And Feanor's like, ha, nah, burn them. <laughs> burn the ships. And his son, his son was actually really good friends with Fingolfin's son. I think it was Fingolfin's son. Anyway, doesn't matter. I don't even remember who Fingolfin is. He was, re- he was really good friends with one of the half-brother's sons. Okay. And he was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, burn them all. What, he, he says, like, what I left back there, I, I deem as unnecessary baggage. And so it's, his son just kind of backs away and he's like, yeah, I'm not participating in this. And they burn the ships. Why doesn't he just take one? One wouldn't have been enough. Well, right, but if you have one, you can make several trips or you can at least attempt to go back and let them know what happened. Right, so here's where I'm getting though. There's just a lot of cowardice happening. So now I'm at the point where that just happened, right? So much later in the book, they talk about something that I, I, I brought it back to this because I was like, wait a minute. So Shadowfax, you know who that is? You're reminding me. 
Uh, Shadowfax is the horse that um, oh, yeah, yeah, Gandalf horse. rides. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so he is one of the Maras. That's what they call him. I don't know like exactly what it means. But he's basically a very, very special horse. Yeah, he's king of horses. So that breed and line of horses were brought over from Valinor by Feanor. Mm-hmm. Which means all the other elves were like, you, you're saying there's not room for us, but there's like 60 horses on those ships. Like, can you, can you, can you take us instead of those horses? No, we need the horses. And Feanor's like, mm, nah, we're gonna keep the horses. We'll come back for you, though. Like, is that not a little suspicious to anybody? Like, we're gonna bring all of these, there's no room, because we got horses. But we'll come back for you. I promise. Like, I don't know how they weren't sus suspicious about that. I feel like they were. I mean, maybe. But, like, why weren't they, like... Like, like if you were, if you were, it doesn't matter. Fangor was like, bye! Right, but, like, it's that, it's that whole thing where it's like, well, can you take, like... Leave, like, half the horses here, and you can keep, like, another half, and then you can come back for the other half of horses and the other half of us. And he's like, nah, all the horses. We're gonna bring all the horses. My thing is, like, it's not so much that the people on land weren't or were suspicious of it, because that doesn't matter. Right. Your suspicion doesn't change somebody else's actions. My thing is somebody that was on the boat, say, like, his son wasn't like, you know, Dad has a reputation for being an asshole. <laughs> this seems like one of his asshole moves. This seems like one of those things. Maybe I should not go over yet. Yeah. Like... Or that, right? If if the one son that was like friends with the other, because he's got seven sons. Yeah. I think. If the one son, on the yeah, stayed over there with them, and he's like, all right, well, just come back for me. Like, he probably. I'm just going to throw it out there that I kind of think he would also be like, that son is back. <laughs> yeah, so I know, right? with me when I told him to. Right. Um, but maybe. But, but it was maybe. just funny because it was so much later into the book that like they're talking about these horses mm -hmm. and he's like, and they came over on the ships from Valinor. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, yeah, we're gonna bring like 60 horses with us, but you guys stay here. We'll be right back. Yeah, no, I just, I think that it would be more suspicious as somebody that knew that he had a reputation for being an asshole. Yeah, the great part about that I think that, that everybody though, should have known what was happening. Right? Like this guy has a huge reputation for being a huge asshole. <laughs> And he's taking all the horses right now. And he's not taking me. Well, and you know who didn't go? Galadriel. Why would I know that? <laughs> but that's what, like, so Galadriel didn't go. So again, I'm, like, with, with Galadriel's... So how did Galadriel get over there? So with Galadriel's reputation... This isn't what I was going to talk about, but let's go right into it. Let's wrap this up quick. Okay, so, we're going off on a tangent. Yeah, so Galadriel... Like, I'm just surprised she didn't say anything here either. Yeah, but Galadriel's cunning. If she knows a way to get over there, she's not going to carry she, it away. Mm -mm. She doesn't know a way? I mean, yes, but... So... I don't know <laughs> what that fits me. It was bad for everybody. So, like, I'm just surprised that Galadriel wasn't just... Like, either didn't make it onto the boat somehow with, like, her cunning, mm -hmm. or wasn't like, um, let's keep some of these horses here. Like, again, she was a pretty... Even then, like, she was a pretty powerful, like, prominent person here. Like, she was one of the people, one of the only female elves that was like, yeah, let's go make a name for ourselves. Like, she was, like, strong then, right? Okay, so maybe maybe Tolkien had this in his mind but never put it pen to paper that Bangor 
New Feanor. Whatever. Fangor is something in Middle Earth, but. Fanor, whatever. I don't care what their names are. The Kinslayer. Nice. Um, knew that Gladriel was as such powerful, prominent, cunning person that she was. In the New World, do you really want that? Right. Because he wants to be king of all type of thing. Yeah, and what are the chances of her getting on the boat and create a panic? Right. Less. So. The, Maybe not intentional, but also intentional. The way that they get there is, which was thought impossible, is they went through the Helcorex, just like Melkor did. So they took the Bering Strait. Mm -hmm. There are no stories about that. A lot of people died. A lot of elves died. But, like... It's, it's one of those things, like, the moment in time we do not speak of. I can't believe he never wrote a book from Gladriel's point of view. And, like, so when they, when they actually get there, it's actually kind of funny because um, they get there and Feanor's already dead. He's already been killed by Melkor because of his arrogance. Mm -hmm. um, actually, he gets killed by Belrogs, not Melkor. But anyway... Um, he like Rich men don't get credit. Yeah, as they get there, um, they like it's kind of a badass move because they get to Middle Earth through the Helcarax and they blow this horn basically like, Yeah, we made it bitches <laughs> and as they do that, which is super cool and they feel like is a sign of like we did it, as they do that, the Valinor or the Valar were busy doing other things, right? and making the sun and the moon, and as they blow the horn, the moon comes up for the first time. <laughs> what fortuitous moment. Yeah, so it was just like, we're here now! And again, self-fulfilled prophecy, because they showed up to Middle-earth and Feanor is now dead, boom, half-brother's king again. Yeah, see, that's the whole idea that, like, you can't run from fate only because you end up creating your fate. So whether you believe in fate or not, when you run from fate, you end up creating the thing that you fear most. Right, and that was, like, part of that story was what I was reading when I was, like, it's the whole That's So Raven thing. Mm -hmm. Like, every time she sees into the future, she creates that future. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it was the horse thing that brought it up. I was just like... <laughs> they brought horses, but told people that there wasn't enough room. That's what, that's what, that's what. That's is. what this 50 minute video has been about, right. is getting to those, but there's so much backstory that I have to, like, give you the backstory to understand how much of a dick Feanor is and what that meant. Well, now we have horses, so thank and you. And now we've got horses, so there's that. Kinslayer, 